You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They have completely gone off the deep end. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. It's a touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Deep down the middle, Adam Thielen running free in the secondary. They throw to Diggs. Is it a catch and is it in the end zone? Yes and yes. Bradford throws to the goal line. Touchdown, Kyle Rudolph. Showing blitz. Rams bring it. Keenum gets rid of it. Thielen makes it. So, Superstar, here's what we've come up with, and uh, T-shirts are potentially in the works, although people are encouraging us to not print T-shirts because it's a jinx, which has happened before on this show. The Vikings (laughs) get the Saints on their redemption tour this weekend, and then if the Falcons beat the Eagles, then you get the 98 redemption against the Falcons. And then if the Steelers get to the Super Bowl, you get the Steelers redemption. And uh, That's right. We're calling it the Vikings Voyage for Vindication. And we expect or it we to happen. V for, uh, v for Vendetta. No. I'm just, I see what th- you did th- there. Th- another yeah. one there. V for Vendetta. Uh, I, I would think that's a really good shirt. As long as we don't really have to remind anyone uh, if the Falcons should get to an NFC Championship game here. We don't have to remind people of that. I mean, it's a different, don't remind the team of that. But it's going to be a whole month of this. It's going to be this week. It's going to be reminiscing about that Saints game. And then I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many people were even functioning when the Steelers beat the Vikings. Patrick Royce and yeah, uh, I think I was four years Bob old. Bob Lurtzaba. That's I didn't take it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, if they 77, right? Michael, if they if the Falcons win and the, the Vikings beat the Saints, do you know how in demand you are going to become next week? Every camera is so. going to show up at your doorstep. <laughs> That's true. Dude, Everyone you better, with you better a, clear your schedule. There, I know. I know. There, there are going to be people calling you that you haven't heard from in a good twenty years. Long I bet. Time. Long hey, time. Hey, Mike, you want to come in the studio for a while and reminisce yeah. about ninety eight? Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Hey, superstar Mike hey, Morris. Atlanta's here in town again. Hey, <laughs> oh. you want to talk? And then they're going to try and find no? if if you got a cell phone for Gary yeah. and for Mitch. Mitch. Oh, you are going to be in. Oh, hot high demand. demand. You know what? Make everyone pay for it. No, there's no way it's going to be free. What it's cost me, and, and with punitive damages alone, what it's cost me <laughs> for the last almost, well, two decades now. Huh? The hell I've been through. 20 years of defamation. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going defi- cost. defecation. Or defecation in, yeah. in many ways, even on the air live. <laughs> on the air live. Probably a little both. A little defecation many times on the air. People want me to come out of retirement. They want me to do it again. Well, they need. They do need a long snapper. So yeah. Well, they want me to come out of retirement on the air doing what I used to do in terms of oh, I defecation. You know, I got you. That's a <laughs> long, long story. We really don't. I think I should probably stay retired. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, there's only so many teams in the NFC you're going to play against, right? What did, well, what the, you know, e- the Eagles the, would be the only other one. And... Be the, only, <laughs> the only safe safe uh, a team, I guess, away from a jinx that you could possibly ask for. I would. 
I think we would all rather have the Eagles, really. Yeah, Nick Foles. What was your? Because I, I think you, because uh, it was a road game. Yeah, you and I at, at a different radio station. You and I were actually watching that Saints Vikings game together with like yeah. seven other people. A lot of people. And I just remember there was kind of, and I think the fans who watched from their couches too had the same feeling in that game. You never. We like, did watch that, didn't we? Yep, because we were all. I mean, it was a bunch of us just, just like hoping for a trip to the Super Bowl. But I remember the feeling being. You you knew the Vikings were good, but it was Drew Brees and that Saints offense, and you never fully invested emotionally until they crossed the fifty yard line, big pass to Sidney Rice. And I remember in the room it was like, oh my god! I think someone even said, oh my god, they're gonna go to the Super we're Bowl. Going. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like a couple stuffed runs and a twelfth man penalty. How emotionally invested in this particular team going into these games are you? Like, are you? I'm all foregone I mean, conclusion. All they're going to win the Super Bowl, or are you kind of? Eh, oh know. no! I mean, I I want them to. Obviously, we all do, but you have to look at it realistically. I mean, when you're watching football, any anything can happen in these games. I mean, to watch the Chiefs get knocked out of the playoffs, so I mean, just it can happen. You know, you, you just can't believe the Chiefs are out and the Titans are in. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe the Jaguars only beat the Bills by seven. Could you believe that game? Not really. I th- I was just a weird game, but that's the playoffs weird? too. Weird is nice. That was weird. one. That was one of the most atrocious displays of professional football I've yeah. ever watched. The only yeah. professional it was, it was weird, unit on uh, yeah. the field was the Jaguars defense. Yep. True. The, yep, it was like true. Blake Bortles with the yips, and yeah. it was yeah. weird. I, I, so I, I, there's no gimme in this. Absolutely not. But the one thing that I do like that I sit more comfortably with, even the '98, is this defense. Yeah. Because like, I was talking with B. Rob. Yesterday with Jim Rich, interviewed him for I don't know a good half hour. Both we taped pre-taped it really early so that we could have both the Saints set up and the Carolina Panthers, depending on which team made it. But we were just talking about what it takes uh, on a defense like this, and 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 he went on to say, "Look, we we expect to shut people out. We expect to be able to give our our team, our offensive team, the chance to kick a field goal and win the game." And he said that even when they when they shut out the Packers in Green Bay this year, they were mad about it because they looked at the film and said, "Why? Why did we do that? Why did we allow a twenty yard run here? Why we? Why did we allow a sixty yard?" Run? But that's how they think in that room. They expect fully to shut people out, and or either that or bring them way down, way down, so that the offense has a really good chance of. And he goes, "We're up to that task against anybody in the league, and and they are that good." Yeah. As a fan, this is going to be phenomenal football. Peyton Breeze offense against Zimmer's defense. I mean, take away, if if you don't care who, who wins and, and could just sit down and watch this thing, it would it's going to be great. This I think this is going to be one of the top three matchups in the league this year. I mean, this is going to be so much fun to watch because, because they're they're buddies. So they, you know, I I think they spent uh three years together on Parcell's staff in Dallas, so they've certainly talked about philosophies and things. But when you think about this defense, and then you see Breeze still play and throw the, the way that he can, I think watching this thing on Sunday is going to be spectacular. You couldn't ask for a better matchup if you're a football fan. Yep. I think it's it's pretty scary when you think about what, what they have now on offense that they didn't really have going for them at the time that we played them first game of the season. I mean, that running game, it's it's Drew Brees throwing the ball, <clears throat> but it's now it's Ingram and 
Alvin, uh, Kamara, and yeah. they, that's just a scary thought because they have found roles for both guys, and they give each other reps, <clears throat> and they're and they're they're fresh legs, and that's a scary thing when you're a Viking defense as good as they are. You know, you saw them slip up against Carolina twice, even against the run with Big Stewart hauling down the field, and then Cam at the end of the game. So that, that those kinds of things, but but one thing is for sure that when Mike Zimmer sees that and he knows that that is a problem. He he normally will t- tighten that thing up quite a bit. You don't see that same hiccup again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would I would fully expect them to come out just raring to go. And, and, and Robinson told us yesterday, they are absolutely up and at it. They are, they're wanting to go right now. They don't want the bye week. They wanted to go now. Yeah. You know, the two teams that sat starters, by the way, in Week 17 are out now, too. The Rams sat all their starters in Week 17. And uh, so at least the Vikings played starters in Week 17 all the way through and then practice a couple days, so they're not going to be yeah. completely rusty. Yeah, I agree. My I, question I is this. Breeze is so accurate, as good as this this defense is, he's still going to find ways at times to complete passes that most most pe- people can't. That's the thing that's, that strikes me about it. I mean, this defense is really good and locked down, but this is the one quarterback, and I mean, there's about, what, three three or four of these guys probably total right now, He's going to complete some passes yeah. where you say that was just incredible. You're not going to shut out the New Orleans Saints. I mean, I, I like no. the I like the mindset and stuff, and that's great. But you're not the, the the Saints actually scored the most points against the Vikings in that stadium of any, of any opponent. It was only 19 in Week One. No team has scored 20 points mm-hmm. against the Vikings at US Bank Stadium this season. So I, I Case Keenum and company, you're going to have to you're going to have to get to like 20 or 21 to to really feel like okay. Unless you actually think Drew Brees and that offense are only going to score, let's say, 7 or 10. If you can get to 20 points offensively in some way, a couple of field goals, a, a couple of touchdowns, whatever that looks like, I'll feel really good. If you said right now, in fact, let's go around the room. If right now, 20 points. Vikings score 20 points exactly. How good do you feel? Is that a win or a loss? I, I would take it and roll the dice on that defense. I think that's a win. Twenty. If the Vikings score 20, they score 20 I take it or win. leave it. I, I think the bar goes up every every season, and, and Denny used to break it down. Denny, Denny Green used to break it down in three seasons, the regular season, and, and then, of course, postseason play, and then the Super Bowl if you're lucky enough to get to that. But but I, but I the bar goes up, and the Saints will be so jacked up, and after this win, they're going to carry some momentum into this where we had to stay we had to stay put, and we were at rest. And I, I just, that bothers me sometimes, you know, when you sit down for a week and you let a team gain momentum hmm. and, and gain their stride, and they they feel their pads, and they feel – the sweat coming on uh, because they they played week to week coming into that game with you. So that worries me about Breeze and company offensively. It really does. I think you'll have to have more than 20 points. I really do. It's playoffs. He's going to be running and gunning. I mean, you said it already. He scored 19 already. I, that team has gotten better since we played them. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a real test. If you if you do finish off the Vikings voyage for vindication, you're going to wind up polishing off one Hall of Famer, top five all-time Drew Brees. Top Pro- four right now as he sits. Right top now. four in a lot of categories, right? Many, and, yeah. many of them. Um, Matt Ryan, last year's MVP. And then either Hall of Famer Tom Brady or Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger. Right, right. So that if, right. if that happens, and we already agree that this is one of the best regular season defenses we've seen in 10 or 15 years, if you then take into account, if they finish it off, who they will have to beat in the postseason to finish it, whoo, we're I'm talking... Tired. 
Yeah. But that's what it takes to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you're going to have to go through the very, very best. I mean, you're not going to end up with a so-so quarterback. Even Case Keenum is not a so-so quarterback. He's a very proven, very battle-tested quarterback right now. And I like I like what he's capable of doing through a regular season with all the pressure in the world on him. And to, to think that he's been through as much pressure as he has, and with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater breathing down his neck for about five, four or five games, uh, that was a good that was a good test for him. And he has answered the bell every single time, so I like that that's on him. But Would you start him over Teddy for this game? <laughs> I think so. I'm sorry. Or Sam, Probably, or Sam Bradford. Why would you shut himself up? I think he, although, he, shut, he said he shut himself up. That's a first. Although, the more I think about this, you know, Breeze does like to run, right? And when you run, you leave yourself open to hits, and Anthony Barr is going to be pursuing him. Maybe that's what you do in the first quarter. Wait, so you just 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 take Drew Brees wow. out like just they did with the Packers. See if, you know, yeah. you just make sure that Barr what, knows what to do. There. Why don't you start one of those like like Ben Gedeon? Could you just do that? Hey, listen, Ben, you're going to start, and uh, like Ben Gedeon's only job is to just run around. You're going to get ejected. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know what? It would be payback for 09 when they spent yeah. three hours trying to rip Brett Favre limb from limb <laughs> illegally gate, with gate. cash all over yeah. their locker room yeah. floor. They'd have it coming back eight Sam, years later. Sam, you're successful. Too. We owed you this. Very successful. I, I don't think. I don't think. Uh, Breeze is going to take off and run very much. That's for sure. His, his that's MO a scramble is, around, though. He, uh, moves, he, he moves around. He moves that's all you need. No, he does move well, but Rogers was moving he'll... around back there. He yeah. just, you know, you just wait till he moves too much, and then you <laughs> make sure he doesn't land move on that shoulder. Make sure he never moves. That again. collarbone snaps, and yeah. then your day's done. Yeah, I, I, I hope that they can get to him early, put him down early. Put him down hard. <laughs> Al Davis. Sounds like a that's what, family <laughs> dog. Yeah. The family dog, Drew Brees. We put him down. <laughs> that's what it's going to take, though. But but also, with, with momentum being on their side and the bar being heightened, as we always say in the business of playoffs, uh, so does it also does that for our defense. I think that great defenses have a chance to really just fly around and be the defense that they are. And that, that's, that I think, is even a more guaranteed thing you can look for than an offense coming to life in the playoff. But defense that just knows where they're supposed to be on the field and flying around, that you'll find a new side of this defense too, much like Seattle versus Denver in the Super Bowl. I mean, you just you saw the greatest offense of all time just get blown up mm-hmm. by people just flying around because they knew where they were supposed to be by that time. Yeah. I mean it's you're not rooting for that three run homer, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you've got to hit that big ball down the field. It's you're just you're kind of rooting for the steady pulse yeah. of the yeah. NFL's top defense. Let's come back. Superstar Mike Morris hanging out with us. Mackie and Judd. It's the Vikings voyage for vindication, as we're calling it on this show. Uh, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand for you sports fans who are looking to up your experience. We're talking about a built-in Roku device that gives you access to 4,000-plus streaming channels. Uh, that means Fox Sports Go. It means watch ESPN. Uh, it's obviously Netflix and Hulu and uh, if, if you watched any of the award show last night, the Golden Globes, I was flipping around last night after football. It's incredible how many of these production companies that are online only are racking up awards. And so if you're not in on a connected TV like a TCLP series, built-in Roku device, you're missing out on some of the best content available in 2018. So stop by any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Ask about the TCL viewing experience, which also includes 4K picture quality, four times the resolution of your standard 1080p TV. And also you can just visit TCLUSA.com to snoop around the internet. Uh, Mackie and Judd, Superstar Mike Morris in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue. We have the goods. On 1500 ESPN. 
Their defense at home has only given up 12 points per game, best in the NFL. They've only given up eight touchdowns at home, fewest in the NFL. They're only giving up 240 yards Good numbers. per game, fewest in the NFL. I don't think anybody can beat the Vikings in Minnesota. Mackie and Judd hanging out with our buddy, the superstar Mike Morris. Uh, Vikings had to wait. Watch a bunch of playoff games this weekend. Some of them should never be televised ever again, like that Jaguars Bills <laughs> game that we all sat through. Yeah, it's because those like the wild card games last year were all two touchdown blowouts, and now you had the Bills Jaguars. But I think I think it made up for it. That 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 game last night, uh, Panthers and Saints was pretty good with Cam oh, Newton was, coming back in. That was outrageous. They almost had that game at the end. too. They did. I mean, they they horse around. Is it McCaffrey or McCafferty? McCaffrey, yep. Uh, and his father played in the league for mm-hmm. a long time, too. But yeah. that kid lit the place. I had no idea he was that fast. Dude, he can catch passes, man. He caught that thing over the middle and then put distance on everyone that was chasing him and got to the end zone. And that suddenly, that's a whole different game. And they hold the Saints for maybe one of the first first times in probably two or three possessions. And they get the ball back. I mean, oh, man, that, that got interesting. There's a bunch of controversy I, I see this morning over the Cam Newton concussion protocol thing. So Cam Newton got absolutely yeah. destroyed in the fourth quarter. He did. And he came, so he went into the concussion protocol tent, came back out. I think I saw they called it an eye injury, which means, like, I have a headache over my eye too. because I just got my bell rung. You know what it is? Yeah. It's when you get your helmet slammed down into your eye. That's what he said. So yeah. the top of it goes okay. down into your eye. I've had it happen a he lot. He couldn't see, he said, basically. Yeah. It blinded him I, I could see when he rolled over yeah. that he was blinking really big and trying to get that eye to open up or to fo- refocus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what that is. I mean, it's just the top of your helmet, that shelf above your above your eyes, gets rammed right down into your eyes, both eyes, or in this case, just that one and badly. Mm -hmm. I saw the hit. It it, it made perfect sense to me when he said that, that he got hit and it was his eye. He had to go down. His vision wasn't good enough to get to the sidelines, and I saw him. He just walked to the almost to the numbers or so, and then he went down. Yeah, he just curled up and said, I can't even walk. You know, I, I can't see, so I'm going down. Yeah. And it looks bad always in football where like a player goes down and gets a blow to the head like that and then can't get off the field and then comes back in. I get it. But you know what? I think for all the people outraged, well, is it concussion? Was it whatever? These guys sign up to play football. Yep. You know, it was borderline. The game's on the line. I have no problem if he comes back in the game and wants to finish. I mean, there there are some hits where you know the Travis Kelsey hit from Saturday where he's yeah. out on his feet and they have to help him. Stay upright. That's different. Yeah. I mean, that's different. Houston one, yeah, w- was awful. But I mean, guys for, who played in in your time, Mike, have to have to look at these things and just sort of chuckle yeah. because I mean, now we get so outraged by is the player and I get and I get it. But but this also goes back to one thing: the league is concerned about this because they've essentially been threatened. Absolutely. Like this is not all of a sudden some great grand concern about people. This is about the fact that people have threatened them. But, I mean, in your day and age, guys would get hit, and we would celebrate it. I mean, ESPN had the whole jacked them up thing, and oh, yeah. we loved that was it. Jacked, jacked up, yeah. Or jacked up. But, you I mean, we loved that stuff. Up. You got jacked them up. Jacked up. <laughs> we Come on, stuff. man. Yeah, it was it was something else. I, I'm telling you right now, it was something else, and no one cared at all. No, it's like you go to the sideline and make fun of a guy that was half out. Yeah, like, hey, how many you see? How many you see? You put up fingers, yeah, hoping he would mess it up. Hey, he doesn't even know. 
It was just, it was funny. But, but, but how many guys would have, we asked this to Alex Boone a couple of years ago. He signed a big contract and, you know, he's, I think the Vikings yep. are still, they paid him a bunch of money this year to go away. Three million. So would you, knowing what you know now about concussions and brain damage and the junior sales and all those, yeah. would you, like, if you had to forfeit the millions and maybe you get 15 years of quality of life on the end of it, whatever that looks like, he goes, oh, I'd, I'll sacrifice the years on the end. I'm. I know what I'm signing up for. Me too. How, how many guys? You, you're the same way. Same how way. many other guys are in that boat? Is it most I guys? Think most. I think most. But the, the, some of the guys got run off uh, that felt differently. Obviously, uh, a lot of the 49ers just up and left right in the middle of their careers. Like four or five Borland, 49ers. Right. I mean, it was. It you're was like, like way back in the day. Or, exodus. No. I mean, or Chris Borland Borland was one. Yeah. Borland yeah, was like 25. Actually. I mean, uh, Patrick Willis too. Yep. Right. Yeah. And several others, I believe. Uh, Anthony Davis. The big tackle. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The big tackle that was taken uh, first round along with Mike Ayupati. I mean, they he got out of the game because of that. Yeah. Because if I can figure out what I really want to do with myself and how, if I can yeah. figure out how healthy I'm going to be able to stay, I may come back. I may come out back out of retirement, but I need to go look at this again. That's what Davis said. He said, I've got enough money. I've been blessed enough and made enough money that I can go away and understand what, what is going on with me and ask doctors the right questions and then come back if I feel like, I want to take the chance again, but he's right. That's the word. It's a chance. Do I? I'm. T- you're making. You're taking a big chance out there. Mm-hmm. It's a risk. I mean, I got knocked out uh, here at the Metrodome playing against the Chiefs. Uh, do you remember a big uh, a big punt returner by the name of Vanover? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he was enormous. He was like 235 or 40 pounds mm-hmm. punt returner, and he could fly. <laughs> Chiefs, right? <sighs> yep. And I I decided the only thing I could do to get him tripped up was to throw myself in front oh. of him, and I caught his knee under my jaw mm-hmm. and went out. Lights out. Yeah, and they came out there. It was the only time I've, I've ever been helped off the field. But I sat on the bench. They gave me the old eye test. And Zodder <laughs> comes over and says, can you can you go? Said, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, for sure. I can go. So I get back out there. So you had to take a playoff or something, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was like next series. It was a punt. I got over the football, and big Joe Phillips from the Chiefs, who retired here, Vikings. Remember Joe Phillips. He said, "You're knocked out, aren't you? Over the football, you're out." Like we he saw, saw, we he saw, saw you. the next. We saw you. We saw you, and you're out, right? I said, I didn't say anything. I'm like, oh boy, you know, here it comes. So I'm figuring, you know, as soon as I pull the trigger on this thing, hopefully it goes where it needs to go. By the way, I was flying an automatic <laughs> pilot, but I, I figured he was going to just well, it was going to be another concussion, right? Because yeah. Joe was huge. He backed out. He just checked up and backed out. He flew back out. That's awesome. He didn't bring it because really? he knew I was out. Yeah, because wow. like the upside. Classy. What's the upside? To I mean, like unless they have a up the middle blocked punt yeah. call or something. Back yeah. back then, just for fun. Well, back then, you could jam the the long snapper as hard as you as hard as you wanted to, mm-hmm. and that was just a, now. If he knows that I'm already half out, so why wouldn't yeah. you? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So I mean, he spared really, you. Yeah, he spared it. Mike, what do you think um, ballpark percentages of of number of guys who play this sport for a check and don't enjoy it? Because I I've always contended it it's fairly high. Like I think you've got your guys that love football and they take the concussions yeah. and they take all of the crap and they love it. But the thing that always occurred to me was it seemed like there were always guys on every team who hated the sport, yeah, absolutely hated it, and did it because it earned them a lot of cash. And now, to your point now, the, those guys can make a lot in a brief period and quit. 
But what's your guess on percentage of guys who play the sport who don't have have any passion for the sport itself? It's a good question because I don't know how many guys would actually admit to it. But I think right. there but are I'm a just lot. Saying, but I mean, they would never ballpark. admit to that. But I mean, it, it, I'll bet it was uh, close to forty percent that didn't want to even be there. But it was a good, good, good check. And what else were you going to do? Right? right? You're going to go back home and pump gas. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be a really big truck driver. Uh, but that's you know. That's the part of it. You're, you're, if you're made for it and you're gifted and someone suggests that you go to school and, and play the game and uh, you get a scholarship, that's the one way you get into the big the big league and make, get a real paycheck and come back and help us all. Yeah, That's your one chance, your one opportunity to come back here and be a trailblazer for your, for your family. And you're going to be out of the league anyways when you're 30 or whatever age. So you can you can sort of suck it up, make a bunch of money. Yeah. And then and, do whatever and now, you want. Right now, that, it's, it's never been more true than now. I mean, a bunch of money now is a bunch of money. I don't care what time or what era you played in. We made good money. It wasn't ridiculous money, but it was happy to pick that that check up being mm-hmm. from Centerville, Iowa. I loved it. No, don't 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 get me wrong, dude. But, I, I mean, the multi millions they're making now, even the long snappers, yeah, is pretty amazing. I mean, they're a million plus a year. Yeah, yeah. What's the? Um, we'll get to questions here in a little bit with with Dave, and we also have later this hour, we have a list of all the exclusive Super Bowl parties in the Twin Cities before <laughs> the end of the show that I'm sure Star is invited to all of them. But you played in a bunch of playoff games throughout the 90s. What, yeah. was the, you know, what was the general vibe in terms of nerves going into playoff games? Not necessarily just for you, but like, do teams get nervous? Teams oh, yeah. always talk oh. about getting ener- more energy and amped up, but what... The teams get nervous going into a big game against the Saints this weekend, for instance. Yeah, I mean, you get nervous before every game. You do. Just your job's on the line. It's the big paycheck. You either play well today or you're gone tomorrow. Um, the nerves go up even more so for a playoff game. And I, I never would would be able to, to talk on what a Super Bowl must be like. But it must just be crazy. But and it's play, two playoff weeks. games, oh, and it's a buildup of two weeks. You're right. But it's just amazing how high you go. With each win in the playoffs you go, and then by the time the NFC Championship game is there, you're really, I mean, you're really on edge. Maybe I mean, a little too more, on edge. There, well, there's more dry dry heaving, let's put it that way, in the restroom <laughs> before the game. There's a lot of it. Oh, a lot man. of it. But, um, yeah, some people just were crazy with with nerves. You, It would come out in different ways. I mean, Gary Zimmerman would get up and walk, just pace mm-hmm. in the locker room, back and forth, not saying anything But didn't anyone. throw up? He didn't throw up. He didn't throw up. I have a, a friend uh, who I still work with on a daily basis almost yep. uh, at Hill Murray. Yep. He used to like to throw up a lot. I didn't even think he was ready for a game unless he threw up. Really? Special yeah. teams yeah. ace? Oh, yeah. He was good. Good player. I didn't throw up. I was nervous. I had to long snap. I was nervous every game. I wanted to make sure I got them all back there right. But you didn't. And the thing is, like, you have this precision job that really... There's probably more nerves for some of those specialist jobs because... Oh, man. You're only going to get noticed... If something terrible something, happens, something goes obviously, wrong. yeah. I uh, I had a snap, the, the snap, I call it, because it was for for a Super Bowl essentially. You know, you I you go to the Super Bowl, right? So, it was to make that thirty eight yard kick, and I'm telling you what, the ball feels different when you get up there and you grab that thing and you roll it over and you try and get get it where you want it, uh-huh. and you're gonna pull the string on it. That's a whole lot different pullback than just a regular preseason game or regular like a preseason game or a regular season game. It's for a Super Bowl, and you know it. Right. You know it. If he kicks it and he makes it, that's it. We're going. So it's the biggest one I ever pulled the string on. You know, yeah. it was that was a big, it was a big one. Uh, six five one six four six eight two five five. Twins Anonymous wants to talk to you, Star. 
I hope I'm intelligent enough to stay at his level. That is a great point by you. Probably the first one you've made today. <laughs> yep. I just thought I'd save you the bother. How are you doing, little buddy? Uh, relatively well for a fat guy out of Iowa. All things being relative. All right. Well, that's good because uh, from what I hear coming out of your mouth, the two parts of your brain are out of whack. The left side, there's nothing right, and the right side, there's nothing left. Well, I know one part of you, uh, you're talking out of your butt because your mouth knows better. So you got two problems going there, too, for yourself. So continue. Well, continue. Like, Next question. I'd love to see things from your point of view, but I can't get my own head that far up my ass. Well, yeah. if my All dog right, was my... as ugly as you, I'd shave his ass and teach him to walk backwards. I'm just the guy with summer teeth. Nice, Morris. Summer here, summer there. Yeah. Yep. You, All right. It's amazing to have some. You're not going to have any if I run into you. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'll drop you like a two-foot putt. Now, if <laughs> I've seen your short game. I know I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? I think Star just won the round. I think Star just won the round. What's that? that was all right. That's uh, very Your good. fascination with serial killers falls right in line with what you do to their ratings on this show. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's wow. Fade to black. Oh, done. Fade I'm to black, just, I kind of like that. Twins and Adams, yeah. do you have a question, or are we just going to insult each other back and forth? No. Uh, we're talking about, like, you know, tension and nerves before playoffs. <laughs> Mike, did you ever feel that with a coaching staff? Oh. And, like, would that trickle down to the players? Because I, I can't imagine... Mm that uh, Andy Reid would, would not feel a little tension coming into a playoff week. You know, I, I, I can't believe how much the coaches have to do with it. It's that sense of urgency that they start with on, on, on uh, uh, like Wednesday, when you check back in for a real work day. Monday you come in, you review the film, you go through the weight room, you get your run in, get out of there for a day, uh, go do charity work on Tuesday. Back on So on Wednesday, the coaches begin with how they're going to approach the week. And if it's a Green Bay week, and Jed, you can attest, and you as well, uh, PMAC. I mean, the coaches are on edge. <clears throat> I mean, you could take a piece of coal and put it right up the you-know-what, and it'd come out a diamond by about Saturday. <laughs> That's a lot Bel- of compression there. Belichick weeks. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. Belichick might be a little little even more compressed this oh particular week. I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. And the coaches really... You know, they often say that a team takes on uh, their coach's personality, their li- their likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that couldn't be any more true. But every coach, every head coach and assistant coach I ever played for, if they didn't get you a little bit upset or a little bit unnerved, they they didn't feel like they, they had you prepared. I, I had to feel a certain way before a game where I'd be worried that I wasn't going to play well. Like, if I didn't have that feeling or that edginess or that stomach feeling— I'd, I'd be afraid that I was going to mess up. Yeah. I really, and, I really would. And this team, I can't remember the last time this team just didn't show up. You got to go back to like the Colts game from last year. Let's come back yeah. here. Yep. Dave's got some questions. What are you going to ask us when we come back oh, here, Dave? Vikings, Saints, other NFL playoffs, and maybe a little college football national championship as well. All mm. right, stars hanging out with us. It's Mackie and Judd. Uh, you know, the big game is on the horizon. You know which big game? We've been talking about it the entire hour here. And there's a myth out there that the Chris Lindahl team is trying to squash the myth that you have to wait until maybe after the big game, that spring season, to sell your home. That is a myth for a reason. Now is the time to sell your home. We're talking high demand 
and less competition. You just need the right team. The team that I've been working with for over a year now, the number one REMAX results team, Chris Lindahl. They've got the game plan. They've got those skill position players, if you will. Uh, and they sell a home every nine hours for over the MLS average. So don't wait until after the big game to win big on selling your home. Get that process started right now. 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. And here's a great offer. The first two callers to call right now from 1500 ESPN, tell them that you're listening to 1500 ESPN, will get a free staging package. 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I don't get. Mackey and Judd. It's very, it's odd at times. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, superstars in here, Mackie and Judd, Dave Harrigan with some questions for us. All right, as we look towards Viking Saints, <laughs> everyone says it's a rematch from week one where the Vikings crush the Saints 29-19. But wait, the Saints are a different team. Code word for they're better. Their defense is much better than they performed. They don't have to worry about Adrian Peterson. They can just give the ball to Alvin Kamara and Ingram now on offense and watch Drew Brees throw it around a lot. So obviously they're saying they are a better team. Put a number on it, you know, 1 to 10. What were they? What are they now? And do that for the Vikings. Are they better now or are they just good and good? Here, Here's where it gets complicated. I think the Vikings have been good the whole season. I think their defense from week 1 to week 17 has been pretty much the same dominant defense. Now at the end, it looked numbers-wise like it got better, but they also faced... Mitch Trubisky and Brett Hundley and I think a really good defense playing against Mitch Trubisky, you're going to get what, what you know, you're going to get the disaster that the Bears look like. Are the Saints really that different or did they just look bad against the two best teams in the NFL in week one and week two? Vikings and Patriots. Those are the first two teams they played. They started 0-2. They gave up points. They gave up an average of just over 30 points in those games and they scored 19 and they scored 20. I might look at that and say, you know, the Saints have been a very, very good team all year long, like right in that second top of the second tier. But when put up against the Vikings on the road and the all-time great dynasty Patriots, they're going to get beat 29 to 19 and 36 to 20, and that's the way the season was supposed to play out. And then they got into the Carolinas and the Miamis and the Detroits and so on, and the Aaron Rodgers list Packers, and they started rolling off a bunch of wins. I think people are making too much of the Saints being a different team. Well, I, I know they're a better team because I think that all teams are a little bit better uh, after they come out of uh, training camp because I just feel like training camp isn't what it used to be where you polish and get things right and get all the bugs worked out before you start your regular season of football. I, I think it's most of the time anyway that most teams in the NFL, it takes about three weeks or four weeks before they ever really hit their their stride. And especially a passing game, it's all based on timing and rhythm passing and whatever the case. I think the Saints could be even be more of a lag team than 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 a lot of teams. Yeah. However, um, that being said, I think that the Vikings are a different team too. I think we're a much better team offensively than we were to begin the season. All things being relative, like you were saying, all things uh, normally come around to the good teams that are coached well. Sometimes sooner or later after after training camp. Uh, because you, I just think there's there's a hangover. 
after training camp to get into your season and into your groove. And you don't tackle as well, for and sure. you just don't tackle as well or as clean. Yep. And we had the quarterback issue, uh, and but the Keenum thing has worked out unbelievably so. And I think that we are a better team, and especially defensively. I think that we've really... I think that we've really paid attention to detail, and the the the, the big hiccup was Carolina. That was a wake up call for sure. They didn't play well. They played like crap, mm-hmm. and I don't think they'll ever let that happen again. I think that came at just the right time, and I think that we'll do anything that we have to to get rid of the Saints, and I think they will. I really do. Bounty, a little bounty gate wouldn't hurt. Wait, I didn't just say that, did I? Yeah, you did. And you're not in the locker room. You're That's good. fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Go pay, go yeah, pay I'm the fine. players. Yeah, see if I care. I think that I think it's all relative. What do you think? Vikings, uh, I'm I'm with you. I think just development uh, on a scale of one ten, David takes them from like let's say a six to an eight, where now they're they're a more honed product. Uh, the Saints, I think, go from like let's say a five to a seven, uh, based on on the fact that I think when the Saints played here the first time, that defense had the components of being decent, but was still fresh and new, and and I think roles uh, developed after that. So yes. The week one matchup was a fun one between two good teams. I think this is two very, very good teams. So so I, I think the natural progression of a season takes you on a scale from 1 to 10, in both cases, up a couple notches. Coming up this weekend, it's what a lot of people would argue is the best weekend of football of the entire year. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday, supposed to be. The eight best teams in the league, or at least eight of the very best. Let's look at the football. Thank you, Peter. Let's look at the three aside from the one that will be played in our backyard here: Atlanta, Philadelphia, New England, Tennessee. (coughs) That'll be fun. And Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. That's one seven and a half. The line on that one, by the way. Split them up. Each of you take a game. What's the most exciting thing that you are looking forward to seeing in those three games? Um, I'll start with uh, New England, Tennessee. The other things that are on TV during it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, wow. it's Saturday night, so a lot of good programming. You don't want to see Brady and Belichick fighting on the sideline. I, you know, that's Come a good on. point. I do. I, w- I, I, I will tune in just to watch the body language of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Read lips. They're just going to be. F- it, they might as well be scrimmaging. You know, against themselves, like they probably if they if they just played a scrimmage against themselves, it would better prepare them for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship game. Wow. Uh, so I will say uh, that's what you can look forward to, and I'll take that game off the board. You guys can, you guys take the other game. I'll take Jacksonville Pittsburgh. I am as as bad as Bortles is, and that Jacksonville offense could be a complete dumpster fire. I think Jacksonville's defense is going to cause. Roethlisberger and the Steelers, a ton of pain. They are really good, and I think they're going to beat him up. So I'm actually, in that game, looking forward to, truthfully, Jacksonville's defense against Pittsburgh because I think that that is going to be a brutally physical game. I think we're talking Raven-Steelers type of uh, of um, devastation, bruta- brutality in that tilt, Michael. I, I I agree with you on that one, but I and I also remember the first game when those guys met. <clears throat> I mean, Roethlisberger had yeah, he had five he does too. Yeah. With two pick sixes. Yeah, it was bad. I think he'll come back and want some revenge on that one. That was the first time when people knew the Jaguars were going to have a decent defense, and then that game happened, and it was like, wait, what? Huh? How many picks did he yeah. throw? And then they just saw the first playoff game, and they said, hmm, let's see, Bortles, eighty-eight rushing, eighty-seven oh. passing. Okay, oh boy. yeah, boy. Oh, not good. God help Antonio me. Brown supposed to be back for Pittsburgh too, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think so. It showed him working out yesterday. 
on uh, like a live in a Facebook walking boot with, yeah, with running guess, routes on I crutches. Guess Chad Johnson. <laughs> what? If if the uh, options were Antonio Brown, but he has to have at least one crutch at all times, yeah. like an actual crutch or or somebody else. I, I like think Pittsburgh. I if he's out there with a crutch, I, I like that guy <laughs> just that much. I've got I've got Atlanta and Philly. Then it looks like, mm-hmm. and uh, I I can't think that this is going to be the game it could have been. Obviously, without without Wentz in there, yeah. uh, it's Nick Foles, and it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be a real good game. I just don't. I know you it's Atlanta in Philly. Rolls them. And I do. Atlanta is starting to play some pretty serious football against some pretty serious teams. They took L.A. out at their place, and I, I saw that whole game. They look I good mean, doing they it. They don't look too bad doing yep. that. Uh, that L.A. team was no joke and at their place. So I think Atlanta comes in on a roll, and that's how you do it. You get into a wild card game, and you roll into that, that next, that divisional round, and Philly is not the team they were. We talk about teams being what they were at the beginning of the season, and then at the end of the season, well, Philly is stumbling into the playoffs. So I don't know. I, I just see Atlanta, big-time running game, really aggressive, fast defense. Two of the a really great pass catchers in the league and a pretty good guy to deal it to them, Matty Ice. So I, I don't see that being a real good game. Hey, there's a football game tonight, college football game. Yeah. Right here, 5.30, we join the coverage. 7 o'clock or so should be kickoff Alabama-Georgia National Championship on the line. I saw this being discussed on ESPN over the weekend. Maybe it was Friday. I don't remember, but it was Nick Saban versus Bear Bryant. Who's the best coach in Alabama history? Six national championships versus five for Saban, four of them with Bama. He could win his six. Who is the best? Legacies on the line. Yeah, then I puked a little bit and uh, rallied. Uh, (laughs) Let's just stick to Nick Saban, boys. He is crotchety. He is sometimes funny. I learned today that he eats two oatmeal cream pies for breakfast every single day with his coffee. That is true. Really? That's what he told a reporter in the media today. He's not in terrible shape either. He screams at his assistants on the sidelines and doesn't care who's watching. What is Nick Saban by the time it's all said and done? Win or loss tonight, what's the legacy of Nick Saban? I think if, if you're comparing a dominant coach today college football versus in the bear bryant era i almost think it's harder to do it now there just there seems to be more resources and there's more it's it's a little bit more competitive in terms of how many schools are actively trying to win national titles so like when john wooden rolled off what was it nine straight national titles at ucla that's awesome he also didn't have mid majors like wichita state that were you know, there was there weren't forty schools spending millions of dollars to try and win a national title, so I almost think it's it, he's going to turn out to be Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time, to the point he is whenever he retires. The, the Belichick of college football. Yeah, it's that simple. I mean, I, I think we're going to look back on this era of football someday, and we're going to identify Saban and Belichick as the two single greatest coaches in their chosen leagues. It's that simple to me. It's 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 uh, <clears throat> hard to argue that it really is. Uh, Saban has found a way to to plug in exactly what he wants and what he needs, much the way Belichick has, yep. and has been given the control to continue to do that. And anyone that has come from that system normally flourishes, and he always plugs in another one that can do the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible. Uh, and the coach from Georgia, it was one of his disciples as well. I can't remember his last name. Uh, Kirby Smart. Smart uh, had seven, eight years with Saban. N- national championships everywhere, all over the place with Saban. 
they had them parked together on an interview, and they were talking to both of them. And, uh, I mean, Smart was trying to say good things about Saban with Saban being in a chair next to him, and Saban just wouldn't return favor. He just would not return the service. Do they not speak anymore? Is it, is no, it, they, is it you could tell they were the best of friends, and they still okay. play They play basketball together, okay, that's and good. they, that's and nice. they golf and all they, the whole nine They years. were talking. It's mm-hmm. just that Nick wouldn't return. He just wouldn't return. Hey, you were a great coach, a too. Yeah, no, he just he wouldn't, wouldn't do it. it. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, Saban is, he's got the makings for one of those kinds of coaches because he's got the ego, no question, and Belichick certainly does. But, uh, you know, I'll take Gene Stallings, I guess. Wait, <laughs> wait, I can't do that. Gene Stallings won one. That doesn't count, though, does it? I'll take Tim Brewster any day. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, Saban's probably the guy. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have a lot of years left where th- this is going to continue like this because the recruiting rights are pretty much he gets his pick and then everyone else gets the leftovers. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, in the last few minutes when we come back here, I have a list of primetime, upscale, exclusive parties and the celebrities hosting them. When we come back, we're going to see how many of them superstars are going to get us into. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's that time again. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackie and Judd, superstar Mike Morris. I have a list for you, gentlemen. MSPMag.com has collected all the information, the inside information, the celebrity-exclusive Super Bowl parties that are going to be taking place here in the Twin Cities. I'm going to... Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Wow, look at the disco ball there. I didn't That's know we right. had one of those. We're going to party it up, baby. Wow, look at Brand this. Brand new. Amazing. Yeah, Judd brought it in uh, with his lava lamp, actually. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Yeah. And look at Dave dancing over there. Yeah, that's not not. Put your pants yeah. back on, that's Dave. Something, yeah, You've never that's... seen this kind of sprinkler. <laughs> wow, that could that could mean a number of different things. <laughs> Got really uncomfortable in here. It could mean a number of different things. Don't um, stop the music, though. There's three parties you can pay your way into. A lot of these other ones, if you're not invited already, then don't ask. Uh, how about the Ditka and Jaws cigars with the stars? Mike Ditka, Ron Jaworski, <laughs> bourbon and cigars. Yeah. February 1st at the Machine Shop in uh, the St. Anthony, Maine area. You can go to DitkaJawsCigars.com. Yep. It's, uh, my guess is it's just like NFL Films music blaring in the background and guys talking pigskin, smoking cigars. Yeah. It's seventy. It's it's $500 up to $75,000 per ticket. Oh, sure, yeah. For an evening at this place. Yeah. So smoke grand. a cigar and hear what Mike Ditka hates now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is everything, so yeah. be ready. But uh, yeah, that's every year, too. Those the, guys have been doing that for like the last five years. Got the 2018 Maxim Party, which uh, in the past, DJ DJ Khaled, uh, DNCE, there's been a lot of big names at that. You can pay 750 bucks to get in, or up to $21,000 for a VIP table where you get a couple bottles or something and your friends can hang out. $21,000. Good. Sit down with who? Then there's a category, if you have Khaled? to ask, you're not invited. How about this one? The Big Game Experience Party, also at Machine Shop, Friday, February 2nd. Hosting that party, Jamie Foxx and Shaquille O'Neal. Doesn't get any better than that. That sounds kind of fun. That could be fun. I mean, it gets better than that, just not much. I I don't know. I I, I don't know if if that would bring too much to the table for me. So Jamie Foxx and Shaq, I don't know. I don't know. Jamie Foxx goes airport, here, party, Limo, a- airport, right? <laughs> exactly. Never goes out, never sets never, foot in the cold. That's probably the case with most celebrities no, who are going to be but here, that's right? what I'm saying is most people yeah. are going to be like, that's been fantastic to be, be here. walking by. around the What river. do you think it cost him to 
to, to get him in here to do that. No oh, God. Oh, 100 grand? More than that? More than that. Ridiculous. Than that. All right, stars back on Friday. Maggie Bye, and Judd. Bye. The Voyage for Vindication. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.